2: ourselves a hole. Is it right or wrong to smash a player's skull? Ain't no easy answers. There's one thing I know. Now it's time to play that banjo. Oh. Football's our favorite, but won't you please take note? We see it's got some problems. We're all in the same Reckoning with football's past, I reckon you better paddle fast. Boys, I think I hear that banjo.
3: Welcome to Banjo College Football. I'm your host, Andrew Stevens, who put me in charge of the ones and the twos tonight. Looks like our good friend, Kevin Paul, has succumbed to the weather. By the weather, we mean on a strategic journey to find and kill Jimbo Fisher. But I do think that we are going to have some friends rolling in here soon. One being Ross Mulcairn, another being Brian Scott Rippey. What I'm going to do right now is i I'm going to invite all of my followers and I'm going to try to multitask while also getting this thing on the road. We are sending out what I think I'm going to start here is talking about some of the snacks that I have recently bought because um, I've been on a, a big snack kick. The first being cotton candy grapes guys. If you go to the store, they're going to have these grapes. It's not going to make any sense. They're going to have what looks like animal crackers on them. It's going to have carnival branding. I don't know how they've genetically engineered this. I don't know what GMOs they're putting in this. I don't know how they are killing me or tracking me with this. If you throw those things in the freezer for six to eight hours, pop them in a cup, man, it is a nutritious treat. It is very sweet, it tastes exactly like cotton candy. makes no goddamn sense to me. Um, the other thing is almonds. I've got on some honey I believe honey habanero almonds brother unbelievable snack, but the thing they don't want to tell you about almonds is like one tiny tin of almonds it's like a thousand calories. It's really bullshit nut nuts. I, Really sold a false bill of goods that nuts were like good for you. You eat like one ten of nuts. That's like half the food you can fucking eat all day. Now, granted, I am enormous, and so I think I consume more than the traditional two thousand calorie recommendation. From I was about to say the CDC, is it the FDA? I don't really know. Um, I guess I've done a bad job. I haven't invited any of my other co-hosts uh, to this podcast, and so. I'm uh, just taking a little rant right here. We've got our good friend Grant Copeland in the chat. It's just Grant and I hanging out. If he doesn't get to request to speak, uh, I can just talk at him. Oh, he has requested to speak. Grant Copeland in the house. Is it? Is it Prince Andrew? Is that the? Is that the avatar? That's correct. Welcome, welcome, my brother. How are you? What's
2: going on? I'm watching Seinfeld.
3: Love it. What episode do we have on?
2: Um, oh, shoot. I think it's season one. Season one, episode five. It is Ooh, early the cuts. stock tip.
3: Mm. Okay, I dig. I dig. Um, it also appears that we have uh, Ross Mulcairn in the chat. Ross, how are you?
0: Doing pretty well. <laughs> Watching some, uh, some Alabama shooty hoops right now.
3: Ugh! Yuck! College basketball, gross, poo, bad.
0: No, Alabama's good now, so that makes it fun to watch.
3: No, no, college basketball is so ass. They just they miss so many shots. I, I, as a, as the coach, cur- you, you would rather watch your beloved and very good Pelicans, I assume. M- my New Orleans Pelicans, at least. See, here's the thing with the Pelicans. For 42 out of 48 minutes, they play like an NBA basketball team. The only problem is the other six minutes, they play like an eighth-grade basketball team. And so if they could even up, up it to average, um, we want to talk about a real Sickos game. I will be paying uh, my own disposable income tomorrow to go sit in person to watch the 1-10 in 10 New Orleans Pelicans against, I believe, the 2-9 and 9, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. So that should be fun. Andrew, are you okay? No, no, on so many, so many levels, no. Uh, guess <laughs> oh, wow. so, one of y'all guess, please. One of y'all guess, please. Uh, what what my tickets are going to cost tomorrow? Seven dollars. I'm, si- I'm sitting. I'm. Uh, let's see. Hold on. I might. I might. I might buy them live on air here. <laughs> Give me one second. Oh man. These are going to break the bank. I I never thought I never thought that me purchasing like a half season or a twelve game package, where they usually give you a little bit better of a deal, um, that that would be one of the worst investments I could possibly make, just because they would essentially be giving them away. Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. What's the best deal, folks? We can sit in the oh, we can sit in the lower bowl tomorrow, guys. The lower bowl for nine dollars. That's fees include. That's fees included. No it's, a, it's a $7.
0: That can't be fees It
3: included. is a $7 ticket with $2 fees. So I will be going to watch the New Orleans Pelicans for $9 tomorrow. Also. That's
0: an upsettingly low
3: number. It's, it's really, really bad. Something, though, that has been great about the Pelicans, I found out a little parking hack this year. Um, as opposed to spending $20 to park in the, in the deck that they have by the stadium and then traffic is awful. There's a grocery store right there, like two or three blocks away from the stadium. So you pull into the grocery store parking lot, you go inside, you buy a six pack of beer, you and the person that you're with, drink two or three beers on the way to the stadium, parking for eight bucks or 10 bucks, get a couple of beers out of it, good to go. it, it, It is one of the better hacks that I have had. Grant, uh, the Thunder are closest good. in proximity to you. Are uh, you a big Thunder fan?
2: Not at all. Know. I've I'm never not. been to an Oklahoma City game. I've never been to an NBA game. I'd like to go. I've kind of adopted the uh, the Nugs.
3: Do you know what? Hell yeah! Do you know where the New Orleans Pelicans play their home games, Grant?
2: I'm assuming in the old. Uh, dome that was destroyed by katrina no
3: the superdome is still there and we have rebuilt it back and better than ever we play in the smoothie king
0: called the smoothie king center
3: we play in the smoothie king center otherwise known as the blender
0: the blender i i will say i go back and forth on the uh the nicknames for arenas based on the branding um so like when i lived in denver I grew up going to Nuggets games at the Pepsi center and it wasn't until I moved away like much later in life that I learned that people tried to start calling it the can because it was the Pepsi center.
2: And I just, mm. I don't
0: love that at all.
2: That's dumb as shit. Yeah. That one's, that it one's is. bad.
3: The, uh, but it is now ball arena. So, Oh yeah. It's the Mason Man, jar company. Balls. Isn't it? They, they just, they're like an industrial processor. They make all those fucking Mason jars. The ball—it's a pretty cool name, though. For well, a basketball now, it's,
0: now, it can be the jar instead of the can. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the. Uh,
0: but it's still the Pepsi the, Center to me, and I'm not—I'm not calling him Dad.
3: Um. The. Uh. This what call it—the so Saints now play at the. Uh, the caesar superdome as opposed to the mercedes-benz superdome and so a bunch of people were saying that little caesar should have sponsored the pelicans who have the arena right next door that
2: would have been good
0: that would actually be a yeah no it would it would have been have the caesar superdome and the little caesar's dome
2: mm-hmm.
0: it, it, it
3: actually would have been cool the uh some of those uh, what i don't know is i wonder how much some of these like like I'm sure this is extremely public information, but what is the public uh no i Um sorry, I had uh was trying to find my computer. Um but there was a uh shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh, what do you think that like Kroger Field pays for those those like Kentucky sponsorships? Do y'all have is y'all still Bill Snyder Grant at Kansas State? Or are y'all is it like Bill Snyder Family Field at whatever stadium or what what do they do there Not nah, Grant hates it. I know Grant. they
0: definitely still have part of Grant's mad at us. Bill Snyder but they may have a uh, a larger
3: you know outside arena. Like they do um I always hated Florida for that I, that that one that one made me so
2: angry
0: Yeah. I don't know. I never, like, if you have a, I think it's dumb, but like if you have a a name that everyone calls you, but you want to get that money, like, it's better than just fully abandoning the name. And a lot of times, you know, there's an argument to be made that the money is going to get you somewhere. Like when they built the new Broncos stadium, because the old one used to be just called mile high stadium. And now it's, I don't know, they've gone through like seven sponsors over the last decade, but it's, you know, currently Empower Field at Mile High after being Sports Authority Field at Mile High and all that
3: stuff. Wasn't, wait, wasn't there some huge name scandal with the with Sports Authority? Like, wasn't Sports Authority not a real company or something? Or it was like, it was like, as they were going, I, I want to look this up because like, it was like, as they were going on. I, I can tell you
0: exactly what it is. Okay,
3: okay, please tell me.
0: Uh, So according to my memory of reports, and again, I'm not a journalist, so I may be saying things that aren't true, but basically they went into bankruptcy a few years ago. And the Broncos couldn't find anybody to step up immediately to become the new named sponsor. So they stopped like actively reusing the name, but they didn't want to pay to bring the name, the signage that said sports authority field down until they had a new sponsor pay for the new signage because they were going through some ownership struggles over the last like five years because the owner has died and the family is in a trust or the family went into a trust because the owner had Alzheimer's and eventually the owner died. Um, so they just sort of had sports authority on the side of the stadium for like two years waiting for another sponsor to step up and pay to take the signage down.
3: Oh, interesting. Okay, I never realized that. Which is I never, <laughs> that's,
0: wonderful free advertising for a bankrupt company.
3: That's really good. That that um, I think that happened. It it, it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as big as this. But do you remember like it? Shit! This could have been five years ago. This could have been fifteen years ago. But I want to say, uh, let's call it like twenty twelve. Do you remember that one of those like Tough Mudder competitions sponsored the fucking Fiesta Bowl? It was like no. It was like fuck. It. Do do, do you know what I'm talking about though? Those like those like dude obstacle course type things where like you.
0: I know. I know the Spartan race, Tough Mudder. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. One of them like. Sponsored one of the it, it, I, I want to say it was the Fiesta Bowl, and it was like, how, like how the fuck are the the like the title sponsors across like Chick fil A, like Citibank, like Tostito, and then it was like th- this competition that literally it was like a local like Tough Mudder competition or something. It was insane. I I need to try and find it so. Uh, please vamp on any and all stadium-related bullshit. I think it was called Battle Frog or something insane. Like, that. yes, yes, okay. I, I I thought it was a frog. Okay, yes, you're 100 percent right. Um, but bat-
0: I thought Battle Frog was a um. Oh my god.
3: So yes, the ba- by, 2016, the Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl.
0: I could have. I was gonna tell you it was Battle Frog, and the reason I thought Battle Frog was the sunscreen company.
2: Because there's like a sunscreen company with a similar name, right? Wait, is that what it is? I'm looking at this uh-huh. thing. The Battle Frog did one no. year and then they yes. closed the no, no, no. business. Oh, it is absolutely we've got a it.
0: collegiate like athletic No, no, fish,
3: no, 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 no. Here we go. Yeah, what here? This is uh, okay. I'm, I'm reading it right now. The answer of the question of what is Battlefrog? It's simply an obstacle course racing series designed by Navy SEALs and other military personnel. And here we go. The deal was done in so much haste that Battlefrog didn't even get its name on the tickets for the
2: game or the patches for the players from Ohio State or Notre Dame on their uniforms. That's so weird. Holy shit, that rocks. I guess
0: um, Bullfrog is the sunscreen company that I thought, for some reason, was... 100%. Oh, Bullfrog, yes, yes, yeah.
3: So,
0: oh, so I remember, because I remember the, there was one year, I, I couldn't have told you it was one year, but I remember it was Tostitos for a long time, and then it became PlayStation. And I remember watching the Battlefrog Fiesta Bowl and not thinking critically about it and just assuming that it w- <laughs> that, that was the, the mm-hmm. sunscreen company. I was like, oh, they're mm-hmm. in
3: Arizona? sunscreen sponsoring a bowl. This makes sense. It real that's it really is great. It, it really, really is great. Um, I'm looking through this year, so we have we've got a couple. We've got a couple bangers in terms of um, we might need to power rank these. So
2: Ross, Ross, I'm going to read favorites. Um, we have the
3: uh, the Roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. We have um, the oh, that's oh has always had some some strong sponsors. Oh, I didn't know this. Jesus Christ! We have the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. That's a brutal one. Uh, we have the Tropical Naturally. Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Um, okay. We have the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Jesus. Oh, that
1: used to be the
0: Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl.
3: Yes, yes, the Bad Boy Mowers. And the, the Boca Raton, my favorite one, was the Cherry Bundy Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl.
0: I was going to say, that was, the, that was the one that used to be the Cherry Bundy Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. Now, what the,
3: the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I, it seems racist. I don't, think, I don't think Boston is allowed to do that. And also, the Return of the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you know the Sun Bowl sponsor this year?
0: Sun Bowl sponsor. Just
3: give me um, give me it's it's um here we go. It's a breakfast cereal in that in that range. So who do you think is sponsoring the Sun Bowl? Frosted Flakes. No, Damn, sorry. The the Amazing brand. No, oh, fuck, you opted out of it. You had it. It was the Tony the Tiger. It was
0: Frosted Flakes. It, well,
3: it, it's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl.
0: So wait, damn! I, I was thinking about how Raisin Bran has those. Uh, the it's the it's like a, the literal sun that puts the scoops of raisins in your bowl on the box. Oh,
3: that weird, yeah, that weird sentient sun. I hated that thing. Yeah,
0: they should clearly buy the naming rights from Tony the Tiger. The Tony the Tiger Sun yeah. Bowl. I forgot. I did learn about that.
3: It's really funny. I I just don't know how any of these like the 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 Kellogg's Corporation that owns every fucking cereal like I, I really am interested to be them thinking like, no, we don't need to promote our Frosted Flakes line. We need to promote the Frosted Flakes mascot. That's that is what we need to dump millions of dollars into is not just one of our small brands, but the mascot for
2: one of our small brands. Really good work, Kellogg's. I mean,
0: it's probably it's part of the same thing that like you can create this competition between your brands as long as you own enough of the industry. It's like that glasses yeah. company in Italy that actually owns every single glasses retailer and every single glasses manufacturer and every sunglasses manufacturer. And like you don't get to carry their stuff unless you're willing to be bought by them as well. It's insane. Wait, really? It's called um, um, Luxottica. I'm
3: not familiar like, with this. Huh. That sounds like a prescription drug.
0: There is some like weird way in which they own like lens crafters and sunglass hut and Ray bands and aviator. Like they own every brand, but they're technically different brands. So no one, people don't pay attention to the fact that
3: it's all just one monopoly. Interesting. It's like I had college football. At, it, it is like college football. Nick Saban owns this podcast. Um. I guess that's uh we've we've done enough vamping. I think that it might be time uh might be time to get into s- 18 minutes, guys. We're basically already done. Hell yeah, good for us. Um, time to get into uh, some actual real college football talk. When was the last time we talked to the folks? Have, have have we done two bye weeks?
0: I think we had two bye weeks. Yeah,
3: we did double bye weeks. So in that time, we saw the dogs beat the shit out of Florida. God, that was fun. Maybe I, I'll i say this. I think that that may have been the best Ross. Can you, what is the best five minute stretch of football that you've ever watched in your life? Because I think that, that we, we had a game against Clemson in 2014 where it was, we were, it, it was a tie game at halftime. And then sometime in the fourth quarter, we went, touched 50 yard touchdown three and out 50 yard touchdown on the first play three and out and then like 20 yard touchdown and then another three and out and so like those six drives like 21 nothing what we did against Florida in that turnover touchdown turnover touchdown pick six i've i've never seen anything can you uh, recall any alabama defenses in like an insane stretch like that
0: Not like that. Um, I'm looking now. I'm trying to remember how close the um, the back-to-back in the first Alabama-Clemson National Championship between the onside kick and the Kenyon-Drake touchdown return. Those were very close together, and I remember ascending to a higher plane. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. That Um, was really, really solid. But in terms of that, it was it was twenty one points in like two and a half minutes of game time? I think,
3: right? In the in the Georgia game, yeah, in the Georgia game, yeah. It really, I mean, the 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 first one when when Nolan Smith stripped whoever uh, Richardson, I was like, okay, this was all because that came right off of that Stetson pick, and then the the second interception and the Stetson touchdown. But the the Like, once we got up, whatever it was, 17 3, I was like, okay, I I, I just don't see any team score. I don't see this Florida offense scoring on Georgia. And even if it gets ugly, like, I I, I genuinely felt good in that moment. The Nicobe Dean pick was just the most comical thing on earth, just because, like, on this Georgia defense, with this Florida offense in flux and the way that they failed to move that ball in the first half. Just lick your wounds and go into the half 17-3. You just don't, you just don't need you've turned the ball over your last two plays. Just don't. Really, really funny.
0: Yeah. I it's uh that was something because I remember I was I was three screening that morning and I had Pitt Miami, which was a close game, and I had the little brother bowl, Michigan, Michigan State as well as the cocktail party and i like looked and i was like oh damn like they forced a fumble like good for georgia and then i like looked away to watch the michigan michigan state and i looked back and it was 24-3 and i was like how or 24-0 and i was like how in the sam hell like did stetson bennett pull this off and i was like oh okay stetson bennett wasn't part of it that makes sense
3: yeah he had absolutely nothing to do with it that's a that's another uh that's another thing for another day. Um, I don't know. Here's the problem. I don't know if we're allowed to like... Uh, here here we go. I'm going to couch this in completely speculative. Uh, this is... this is uh, Because I, we, we, we really teeter that line of knowing some people and having some inside sources, but also like, I don't really want to do the whole journalism thing of having to check all of that. And I just want to be able to throw around wild speculation and have a couple of people be like, oh, shit. Um, the rumor... Among some people in Athens, speaking of Stetson Bennett, is that JT Daniels potentially has been suspended this entire time. Which, that was something that was brought to my attention about two weeks ago. And then I was told that the suspension was then lifted and we would see him in action this week. Um, Which we did, but but I also don't... Which we did. It would just be really wild to have a five-game suspension for a quarterback. And it's been told to me that it was something along the lines of just, like, like, get your head in the game type stuff. Like, he missed a practice and almost missed a team bus. But, again, I, I think that that is probably just message board. Like, I, what I think that is is Kirby caping. I think it is defending Kirby and saying there's simply no way that this guy could have seen what happened with Justin Fields and with Jake Fromm, and he is doing it again. Because I, I, I just don't care about the numbers. If you watch those two play, and I, I'd be interested to see, I would love KP's take here too. Um, I would be extremely interested to um, to hear what y'all would have to say, but it, Stetson Bennett is just, he's, he's going to
2: have us lose to a good offense. I, I, I don't... I, Sorry, go ahead.
0: How, how much eligibility does Stetson Bennett have left?
2: 16,
3: 17 years, maybe. Because
0: um, he I, was at Georgia, went to JUCO, came back to Georgia, right?
3: I, I want to I, – yes, yes. So I, I think if I have this timeline right, 2018 he was the scout team quarterback or the fourth string or whatever. In 2019, he went to JUCO. 2020, he was back in Athens as, I mean, back, the backup to DeJuan Mathis at that point. And then, or well, he was actually he came back as the fourth string because he came back as uh, Jamie Newman and then
0: Deacon Legend Jamie Newman.
3: Deacon Legend Dave, Jamie Newman. Uh, you're not getting off the hook about that that one this week, Ross. Um, but. And then we saw the entire JT, JT Daniels knee lesion. Uh, Dewan Mathis was terrible and then brought in there. And so I think he is technically a redshirt junior right now. But no, yes, redshirt junior, because last year everyone gets
2: the, the free year in 2020.
0: So he would have been a redshirt junior last year and he's a redshirt junior again.
2: Correct, correct.
0: Okay.
3: So he technically still has two years of eligibility. One more. No, no, two.
1: He's two years Wait. of eligibility left.
3: I think so, because I think he redshirted in, I think he redshirted in 2018, and then his first real year of eligibility was 2019 at JUCO, and then last year didn't count, and then this year. So I think he still has two years left, which fucking terrifies
2: me, because that's a dude that literally could be here for that long.
0: And if... Your buddy front with the uh, the fancy mustache thinks he doesn't have a path to starting. Yeah. You could have yourself another Justin Fields situation.
3: That is what I'm concerned with because I, this season could play it, it, itself out in in a multitude of ways. I I would love for J T Daniels to come in, actually win this job because he is significantly the better quarterback. Let it rip against Tennessee. But what I know is going to happen is it's going to require, like, the most kick in the pants, which is going to mean, like, going down by uh, more than one touchdown on the road in Knoxville this weekend, or being down, like, 14-3 to in the SEC Championship against Bama. Because, like, the problem with this offense is two minutes left in the half against Florida, they're only up 3 nothing or... They were down. No, we were down. No, no, no. It was 3-3. It was 3-3 with like two minutes left in the half. And then that barrage came. And so my only concern. Yeah.
0: Against Florida? No, y'all shut them out until the very end.
3: Oh, you're right. You're Remember? right. Because right. they have their right. vaunted yeah. scoring they're, streak. Their vaunted score. For, for whatever reason, I was thinking that they were up 3 nothing, And then we went into the half
2: 24-3. But no, no, it was. You're right. It was 24 nothing in half. Um, yeah, that streak is so fucking funny, too. Just like, like it is kind of
0: insane how long it's been.
2: It, like, it, it, I
0: know it's been a lot of bullshit scoring and making little inroads there, but it's kind of wild that it's been. It's it since like 1987, right? Something like
3: that. Yeah, it's. A, I, I, I was. I was gonna say 30 years. I mean, it, it is a it is a truly ridiculous amount of games. But it's really funny that a team because. Uh, the only time it comes up is them losing in a game squealing for points. And I don't remember who brought it up, but that Florida State game back in whenever, like 2012, where they won or they lost 26-2 to
2: was by far the best one.
0: Oh, yeah, because that hardly even counts because they had points, but it's hard to make the argument that they
3: scored points. That they scored points.
2: It's almost like you were gifted points.
3: Yeah, but... Um,
0: Props to a college football refs for actually calling a safety. They
3: hate doing that. uh, Yeah, That's something that I think I would love to see a rule change there. Well, I think the the rule
0: itself is already pretty strong in favor of calling more safeties. Because you have to have the entire ball outside of, like, the field side line of the end zone.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But the the emphasis, I don't know, and maybe this is like a, you know, in the NFL this year, they didn't change the taunting rule, but they were like, hey, refs, you should emphasize the taunting rule. Or like last year, Mm -hmm. they decided to de-emphasize all offensive line penalties, and Garrett Bowles went from being like the most penalized offensive lineman in the NFL to being an all-pro because they just stopped calling holding, and he used to hold like three times a game. Really, I mean, shout
3: out respect to him for you. You reduce you reduce one point five holdings per game, and then you, you. I mean, that is a millions more dollars on your uh, your next contract.
0: Oh yeah, he went from being like an almost not getting your fifth year option picked up guy to being like a paid as a top tier right tackle.
3: God, good on him. I mean, that's. Absolute respect, but because it's, it's good work if you can get it. The funniest—I mean, the funniest part about—and um, they've done this in the NBA too. But after i, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the whistleblower podcast. It's the uh, the one chronicling the Tim Donaghy scandal in the NBA. Um, but essentially, it talks to a bunch of old refs, and it just—I'm sure the NFL is the same because they've talked about this a lot with the taunting penalties and how. They want the referees to become full-time employees. I think Adam Thielen was talking about this today. Um, they want referees to become full-time employees because it just guarantees more accountability on their end. Right now, it, it's all contract work. And so you can kind of get rid of people um, who aren't carrying your water relatively easily as opposed to getting rid of employees for calls and stuff. And dealing with that is a little bit more difficult. Um, but I just... It, it's crazy in the nba uh, more so but the nfl or in college football and holding just like how much people have like like how much the referees have say like in the lsu bama game this weekend i know it definitely was a penalty but it's really fucking funny how before max johnson even threw that last pass they had thrown a flag just in case And I'm not saying it's just in case, but, like, there was a... That whatever face mask
2: that they had, that that flag was thrown well before that ball even left his hands. Yeah, I will... uh,
0: I must confess, I was at a wedding this past weekend, so I watched a few minutes of the game, like, on my phone. Oh, wow. uh, And on friends' phones, but uh, they was... There was a, I heard through the grapevine that there was a specific interest from some people that football was not a focus of the wedding, uh, so as not to take away from the the action itself. Um, and I God, looked down at man. one point, you know, in the first quarter, and I saw we were down seven nothing, and I was like, you know what? For my own mental health, I'm just gonna continue going to this open bar and not pay
1: attention to this game
0: because I'm not sure I could take that. And there was it's definitely a moment so... during the maid of honor speech when she was like, and one reason they're great for each other is how much they both love the tide, but I don't know the score. And someone in the audience shouted out, we're down seven LSU, like in the middle of the <laughs>
2: toast.
3: And you know what? I bet so many people in that crowd were appreciative of that information. They, they, well, the wedding
0: was being held in Orange Beach, Alabama. They were very thankful for that information. She, <laughs>
3: See, this is this is one of those things where like uh, this has just been one of my pet peeves now that we are entering the prime wedding attending uh, times of our lives being late 20s, early 30s. But like it's one thing. Sure, I get it. Schedule your wedding whenever you want. I'm going to bitch that it's in football season, but I will end up going because I have before. But like there is just this the false sense of like calibration at what other people should do for your wedding is pretty wild to me. Like, it's one, it's like me, most of the time, these are people who are coming from out of town somewhere. They're spending several nights in a hotel. They're spending travel expenses, whether that is gas or flying. They are then spending a weekend out for you. They've bought you a wedding present. A lot of them have done some sort of engagement party, bachelor party, yada, yada. Basically, anytime one of your good friends gets married, it's, it's kind of like a $1,000 minimum just down the drain to do anything. On top of that, to tell them, by the way, we need every second of your attention at this wedding, too, is a little much to me. I don't know. That just seems like a lot. Yeah, I remember I was,
0: uh, I, I don't know if I was, I think it was a podcast once, and they were just talking about something, I wish I could remember who it was that said that like, you know, and it is the, the, the offshoot of there's no ethical consumption under capitalism is that the only ethical way to get married and like be a real friend to the people you love is to elope. <laughs> like, you know, people make like your parents are going to get upset. Cause they like didn't get to go to the party and like everyone loves a nice party, you know, open bar. I personally love putting on a suit, you know, going out on the dance floor. I am very happy in that situation. And I'm still, you know, due to the amount of time I spent in the North, I'm still relatively, you know, early on in my obscene numbers of weddings phase. Um, I know that number's picking up rapidly, but um, so it's, it's still fun. But, you know, when you think about the amount of money that it costs and if you were to just tell to friends like, hey, I love you dearly. I'm going to save you a thousand dollars and I'll just send you some pictures of me and my spouse on the beach.
3: I that or I mean, even the like that is the number one way I would say the more reasonable way too. now is like. I mean, I, I don't give a shit about it, frankly, any wedding that you invite me into in a church, I am going to groan. And so what I would prefer is let's you have your family Ceremony in front of I don't know the fifteen people that love you and whatnot, and then invite me to the place there that is the open bar. And they don't have to be on the same day. They don't have to be on the same week. They, they they don't have to be anywhere near each other. But generally, I'm going to see college friends or to see high school friends, kind of to see people that I haven't seen in a long time. And so I don't really give a shit if. It is directly connected. Like, I don't care if I'm attending your three month anniversary ceremony that is this big party, but like, I don't know. I'm just kind of, uh, I'm kind of out on the, hey, every single person that I've ever met, I'm either going to have to buy you a wedding gift and send some weird guilt apology, or I'm going to then have to schlep and spend uh, an an entire weekend of my life um, watching y'all profess your love. So that is my anti-wedding tirade. Love is dead, George is gonna lose. Um, nothing matters. And so uh, anything else on that, Ross, y'all want to get into some actual football talk? Uh,
0: No, I think love is dead. George is going to lose is a great uh, on-ramp to, uh, you know, what's going on right now. Have you seen tonight's new playoff rankings?
3: I was, uh, I was at trivia and the only thing that I saw was they were teasing. I saw the, the, up until the top seven. Um, And then I saw that they were teasing the top seven And I thought that was weird that they weren't teasing the top six um, just because that's what they normally do. And which made me think that they had pushed Cincinnati to seven. But I had then seen after that that it was both Michigan schools at six and seven. And so other than that, I I have not seen the top five, though.
0: So the... Obviously the playoff rankings do not matter because they're going to, and they talk about this, you know, they're very proud of the fact that they don't just sort of move teams up and down based on the weeks. They like take a fresh start every week. It's a totally new look. So really nothing matters until they set the rankings for the playoff. It's so funny how they've they've done that. What is incredibly funny is that Oregon is still sitting at number three, ahead of number four, Ohio State. Because they won head to head, correct. Which I don't know if you watched Oregon's loss to Stanford, but it, what Stanford's not good, um, and Oregon lost to them.
3: Every 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 upset loss in the Pac-12 over the last twenty-five years has been the same. So I'm going to assume it was that.
0: Uh, yeah, except usually it's to like a medium. It's a good team to a medium team, and this was a good team to a not good team. Or this, so uh, it's tough, but. What makes it even funnier, the fact that they're holding us tight to this, you know, because they won in week two on September 11th, it matters a lot, is that Cincinnati is five and one week after Michigan State beat Michigan, Michigan is ranked number six and Michigan State is seven.
2: Uh, We can't keep letting them get away with this.
1: Uh, We can't keep letting them get away with this. Like, it's just it's
2: obscene
3: it, i mean the only thing the only thing that because i mean we really only have we are in what it is 2021 season we have had less than like i don't know like 50 or so like polls released so far like like this is an extremely what, what do we get like five per year and this is the eighth year of it or something like that, maybe six per year. And so, like, we are extremely fresh still in this process. But the funniest thing to me is that it still goes back to that 2014 poll where they dropped TCU from three to six. Like, things like that still hold weight and bear because we just still do not have enough reference points as to what this playoff committee does. And so it's extremely funny, like you were just saying, that, like, oh, there is no rhyme or reason to this. Like, like it, 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 I almost appreciate them being like, we know you were going to watch this. We know you were going to talk about this on your shows and your podcasts, and we will create storylines and headlines. And you have to respect this because at the end of the year, it ends up actually mattering. But we are just doing this for TV ratings
2: right now because at the end, we are going to do exactly what we want.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, like, they're clearly doing this For TV, like the only reason to release the rankings earlier is for the content. And what I don't understand is if they do this like, now I don't know how long they're in the room, so this would probably get very boring by like hour eight, but
3: they have like... It's it's like the Pope. No one can leave the room until uh, a, a new rankings are crowned.
0: Yeah, but like you're familiar with the hat rack that they keep outside the room, right?
3: No, I don't think so. There is
0: a hat rack outside the room where the committee deliberates where I'm not sure if they literally or just metaphorically, quote, leave their hats at the door. So they are not (laughs) influenced by their, you know, I'm the Iowa AD, so I'm going to, like,
2: encourage you to like Mm -hmm. vote for Iowa. Um, But, like, if that's true, put cameras
0: in there. Like, you're doing this for content already, and, like, you have too much power. So, like, I don't know. Show us what the deliberations look like. I want to hear the person in the room tell me why Michigan is better than Michigan State, but Oregon is also better than Ohio State. Like, I want to hear who said that, and how did the voting work?
3: So, I've been thinking about this, and I – granted, I still hold this stance, but the more I've thought about this – I think that would be legitimately dangerous. Like I like I do not think that you would be able to like get people like whoever this is Jeff Long or Condoleezza Rice or Archie Manning or Oliver Luck or whatever Gary Farda that's what a name uh, like I I don't It's his name now. I, I just don't think that you would be able to get these people to go on camera like you, like We've we've seen what the Harvey Updikes of the world do here. Like, can you imagine that we are like one season we are going to be barreling towards the college football playoff committee actually having to make a decision between two teams? It could happen this year with Cincinnati. We don't really know, but they've kind of gotten lucky up to this point because if you've been a one-loss Power Five champion, you have gotten into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, but really, the only two, and they've been lucky in that the only two really, like, as I remember it, controversial four seeds that, you know, jumped somebody else and they really sort of broke the mold on them was the first year with Ohio State and then the non-champ Alabama. Like, I don't remember any other four seeds really causing as much controversy as those two. And they both won the title, so like, in two weeks, no one could complain anymore.
3: Yeah, and and I don't even think that that Bama won. I think people were just pissed because it was Bama. Because I don't I don't think there was even I can't remember who they got in over, but I remember thinking that it wasn't like
0: it was Ohio State.
3: Oh, but it was the it was non conference champion Ohio State, right? Because did
0: yes, yeah, 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 yeah. or or. or was it non-champion or was it like two-loss champ? It was something weird like that. It was a weird Ohio State.
3: Oh, I'm trying to think. No, no. It's no, it was the
0: Ohio team. State that lost to Penn State. So then no, Penn State. No, no, State... They, no.
3: no they lo- that was the year I think they lost to Iowa, like 55-24. And then because the next year. Cause the <laughs> I next forgot year, that happened. Because then the next year they lost to Purdue by a fucking billion too. And it, and it fucked up their chances then. But no, I think that I think that was the year where where the Ohio State was a one loss. They may have they may have been a conference champion, but they were like, well, just don't lose by thirty one at home to Iowa. It's that easy. But no, uh, back to like right. I, I think we have like they've gotten let off the hook with just some easy decision making, and so. I would not want to sign up for the college football playoff committee if I had, let's, can you imagine, can you imagine having like the Georgia fan base after you, after you, Georgia loses to Bama in the sec championship and then they put in undefeated Cincinnati in over them. Like it, it would be legitimately dangerous to go to the state of Georgia as a like
2: outspoken college football playoff committee member. We're
0: insane that's fair I, I I should have put more thought into the literal threats on the lives of committee members that that would happen
3: maybe we could maybe we could rig some things up with some it what if we just got everyone with one of those like uh former gangland story like voice disorders we just get 12
0: voice <laughs> the, the totally like blacked out and you know voice yes, distortion yeah. and they're just reading out their personal top 25 that because isn't the whole we're point not, is that, like, they don't do... Like, it's not 13 people putting together their top 25s and then they, you know, just meld them. Like, they, they talk through every single... No, no, no,
2: no. Yeah, yeah, I
3: think... I, I don't know how the consensus... I, we don't know fucking anything about it. Like, I don't know, I don't know how they come to consensus. Is. I don't know, like, what the overruling process is. Like, I don't know... Do any of them even care? Like, I, I, I think the problem is the main reason why you're not getting cameras in there is because uh, there are legitimate conversations of like TV placement games. I don't think it's the focal point, but I definitely do think like major brands are going to come in and, and whatever way they want to nuance it. But like, I think there are, if, if you know the way that college football works, there is going to be certain language that is said in those meetings that is essentially, ain't no fucking
2: chance Cincinnati's getting in here. Ain't no chance Western Michigan or UCF is getting in here.
0: I mean, I think I'd feel better about it. Like, I understand not putting a camera in there, but they should have, like, at least one of these negotiations. Put someone in the room who's not on the committee who can, like, talk about it or write about it or something. Even if it's, you know, like, like, an in-house company person, like, put Heather Dinich in the room. You know, she's not going to, like... Break the ESPN Mm -hmm. brand because they're the ones that are all in on this. Like, it doesn't need to be like you put Stephen Mm -hmm. Godfrey in that room, he's gonna out every single person there.
3: But, like, oh my god, yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got responded to FOIA requests from in the room.
0: Yeah, but like, I I
3: don't know, I think I'd feel better about it. I mean, hell! What they could do is you could. You, why can't we get a transcription of it? Give us a transcription and just leave all the names anonymous and let everyone. The, you want to create more content? Fucking let people speculate as to who, the, what committee member hates them.
0: Who's member one? Who's member two? It, yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly. I,
0: I mean, I think the real issue is that you are technically required to recuse yourself from a discussion of your team. Like you don't have to recuse yourself. Oh, you're right. From you're right. A team in your conference or a team your team played. But like, if member seven is like not brought up at all in the Iowa discussion, it's like, oh, I wonder who that might be.
3: Yes, no, that that is true. There would there would be some there would be some sleuths uh, in the in the split zone duo universe that would uh, definitely be able to uh, to figure something out things out there. The the Matt the Matt Browns of the world would uh, I think get to the bottom of it. So many FOIAs. So many foils. Um, all right. Do we want to get God damn 38 minutes is just bullshit. Look at us. We don't need those other guys.
0: Yeah, see what happens when KP doesn't come here to keep us in line with the rundown.
3: I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> so we uh we have our picks for this upcoming week. Um net wait now what I haven't checked is what uh what are the games of this the week now that the uh okay, so ranked on ranked this week, we have um, Oklahoma Baylor, um, Oklahoma is a five and a half point favorite in Waco. Uh, that's eight verse 13. We have nine, number 19 Purdue versus number four, Ohio state, Ohio state's a 20 point favorite. Um, we have number 11 Olman or A&M at number 15, Ole Miss A&M is a two and a half point favorite there. And then, um, Ross's boys. The Wake Forest, the game, game of the, of the week. week, number 16, NC State at number 12, Wake Forest. Wake is a two-point favorite. Ross, do you want to hit on any of those specifically, or do you want to go into uh, into some picks?
0: Uh, Just two points on that is that I am surprised that A&M at Ole Miss, A&M's favorite. Um,
2: I, am I know so AM has
0: sort that of that sorted out a lot of their early season weirdness, but... Uh, I don't know, that surprises me. I, the line confuses me enough that I don't think I touched that game in my pick six this week. Um, but I will say that's kind of weird. And the one thing I will flag, I know we, we like to make our jokes, and I'm, uh, everyone likes to, you know, until this past week, we're making jokes about, hey, like you should rank Wake Forest. And, and it, was a, it was a fun school. Every other school in North Carolina likes Wake the second best because they don't actually care about them because they never see them as <laughs> Yes. Um, I had several conversations with like, actual UNC, NC State, and Duke football fans this past weekend, and all of them said the Wake was their second favorite team because it was easy to root for them against their actual rivals, which hurt my feelings, but it's fine. But Wake NC State is almost essentially the uh, battle for the Atlantic this year. Like The winner of that game is almost guaranteed to go to the ACC championship game.
3: Yeah, I mean, that is a that is a conference in more flux than I think that we even anticipated, because uh, something that I think we had just taken for granted was, OK, Clemson is going to end up running the table like or, or like this was a, a 30,000 foot view that a lot of people took like to the approach of the t- 2020s in college football is like, OK, the rest of college or the rest of the ACC is fucking terrible, but at least there is one like consistent beacon of light. The moment you like remove it, the, the Clemson was preseason number three this year. Like this was not supposed to, this was not supposed to be the year of reckoning. Like DJ, was supposed to be a very legit threat at quarterback. It was something that was supposed to be, I mean, their defense is still okay. And so just having this mass of void there, I'm interested to see if this is potentially does anything for the future or at least the the near future of the ACC, because if you have kids that are going to say, shit, I can go. i can stay near home and I can help win the ACC, not at Clemson. uh, I I don't know if that
2: actually legitimately affects recruiting in the next one or two cycles, but I'd be extremely interested to see. Yeah, I'm curious
0: to see how it plays next year. Because Clemson seems to be getting better. They're definitely rounding into form this year. Um, But they're still not great. And their offense is still very sluggish. And the idea of them being a 41-point favorite over UConn with a 50-point over-under is really kind of damning of their offense. And I know they like to play the whole team, but, like, it's... I have a hard time... I am not smart enough to know how this is different next year.
2: I'm not
3: either. I'm not either. And I don't know. I don't know how Clemson reloads. Um, I don't necessarily know. I, I know that. Because they don't take transfers. The, I think that one so of they their. They can't get into
0: Spencer Rattler market.
3: No, but they have they have the number one quarterback coming in for this class, I think. I don't know what his name is. He just. it. it
0: they have the number one quarterback coming in the last class. How'd
3: that turn out? That's true. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> And Stetson Bennett is leading the number one team in the country. Um, No, I, 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 that's just still upsetting. I think that um, it it would be very, very interesting. Even if it is a, a slug at mediocrity, I think there is enough East coast football relevance to where even if the winner, like, I would love to just see the ACC be extremely messy and have like, five teams in between like eight and four and 10 and two every year. I think that would be a lot of fun. Like that's, it it would be a lot more fun if most conferences were like that, as opposed to having the standard bearer and then just the peons.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, the, the issue there is if you, if the best team in your league is 10 and two every year, then you're going to miss the playoffs every year and you're going to end up being the PAC 12 right now.
2: Correct. But Which, as someone who keeps 12, putting Pac-12
0: games in their pick six, is a very tough, uh, it's not a smart investment to become, a, to be and, the Pac-12.
3: And a brutal watching experience. You've got to be like, all right, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm one in three through picks right now, and the two most unpredictable games
2: that have ever set to kick are coming up. And it's like Washington playing literally anybody else in the Pac-12.
0: Well, why don't we round this out and talk about our unreliable Pac-12 picks? And why don't
3: you give the uh, give the people your pick six this week? Okay, so my pick six we have we've hit on two of them, so I will uh, I will uh, recant those. I've got Ole Miss. It's two and a half uh, or three. Um, I'm a bastard, so I'm going to say plus three. Um, and so I'm going to take um, Ole Miss uh, plus three versus A and M. Like we were saying earlier, I just. I, a and I, I understand they probably have one of the best win. They, they may have the best win in college football right now. They're also like one missed kick in that game from probably being an unranked team right now. And I think that that one game against Bama calcified a lot more. Like I think people are reading into what that is said about A&M maybe more than it is reading into what that could be saying about Bama based on the way that they played against Florida and what we've seen with Florida and the way they played against a depleted LSU. Granted, this is me, Andrew Stevens, Georgia grad, still talking to you. So regardless of how good that team is, I still think that uh, they're going to find a way to beat us. But I definitely think that that you can speak to this better than I can, but this is not the same Bama team that is uh, Nick Saban, I would say is accustomed to this LSU game is usually like their quote unquote, get right game. And didn't seem like they got, all too right. And so I'm going to take an Ole Miss plus three there. I'm also taking, can't believe I'm going to say this UConn plus 41 against Clemson. Now you may say, what the fuck are you doing? Andrew Clemson's rounding into four Clemson. they scored more than 40 points one time this year, and it was against South Carolina state. And so I think there is a decent chance that UConn may not score here. And we still cover pretty easily. like, twenty seven nothing yeah thirty eight nothing is a cover yeah thirty eight nothing is a cover and and based on everything that they do and how many people they play um i I kind of like that um uh, my other ones I'm going Baylor plus six versus oklahoma um I don't know what it, it, it's funny because Oklahoma just nationally is kind of slept on. I mean, they're an undefeated team that has had a proven track record with winning their conference. And they are currently sitting at number eight behind several teams who have dropped a game. Um, And so while I, I I don't think that this is going to be a quote unquote, like hangover or sleeper game. I think that this is going to be for Baylor um, a little bit of a, a revenge game from last week. They did not show up to play. Um, And and took that one on the chin. And so I think Baylor is going to um, end up maybe not winning outright. But I like them plus six. Um, Auburn minus five against Mississippi State. I just I I don't know about Auburn. They are one of the most inconsistent teams in the country. They're a team that I could see losing to Mississippi State and then beating Alabama. Um, But I'm going to maybe project a semblance of normalcy on them. And say that they beat Mississippi State, cover the five, and then end up losing to Alabama. Um, I've got Michigan in a pick 'em versus Penn State. I just don't really trust Penn State's offense yet. Um, I, I and yet, but I don't think I'm going to trust them at all this year. Um, and then I have the number six team in the country is in a pick 'em with an unranked team. What the fuck? It, is the Big, ugh, Ten? the Big Ten makes no goddamn sense. No goddamn sense. Um, and then I'm taking Kansas State minus six versus West Virginia. That's mostly just a homer pick uh, for our, uh, a homer pick for our uh, boy, Grant, who was once in this chat. Um, and that's all I got. Ross, uh, Ross, what you got? And we, we have invited our good buddy, Brad Laverne, into the chat. So, Brad, if you would like to
2: throw us a eater lock of the week, uh, we would be very receptive.
0: Well, I'll run through my six and then uh, we'll see if, if Brad has any heat. Um, I went a little, I'm going a little weird this week. I uh, I see Miami is getting two and a half or is favored by two and a half against Florida state. Um, I don't know what the hell is happening in Miami this year. I don't know why I'm betting on it, but it feels like they don't suck as much as they did at the start of the year. And I don't know what Florida state is. So I'm going to say that Miami's going to win that by three or more. Um, with you, I went Yukon Clemson and I took the under. I think Clemson's defense is good enough this year that uh, UConn's not going to score, and right now, um, the line seems to think that Clemson is going to win that game uh, I don't know 40 I'm not sure how the math works out, but they're favored wait, by 41 wait, with the... a 50 point over under, so, oh, um... so they think
3: so for, 45 to five or something like
0: that? That's, that's what they seem to think. 45 and a half to four and a half, I think. Um,
3: awesome. Hell yeah, Vegas.
0: But, you know, if, if they win 45 nothing, that's still the under. So, I don't see how UConn scores on this team. And I don't, even against UConn's defense, I don't see how this Clemson offense scores more than 50 by themselves. So, I'm, I don't see that. Um, Indiana is uh, favored by seven against Rutgers. I know the game's in Bloomington, but Indiana's bad this year, and like Rutgers is still Rutgers, but they're Shiano Rutgers again. So they're like slightly not as bad as they used to be. Um, so I don't, yeah. So I'm just gonna take uh, take Rutgers to cover that. Uh, Utah, Arizona, I don't think are either of them that good, especially not Arizona. So I'm thinking Nari- the under there at 54. Yeah, Arizona is don't the know worst, why team, keep- worst team in college football right now. Yeah, Arizona's absolutely garbage. Burbank. They got their first win because Cal had like twenty three players out with COVID um, and like four coaches. So, I think that game's going under. I don't. I just don't see that happening. Um, I will say the uh, the battle for the Atlantic, Wake, NC State, like Wake has not been held under forty points. I think they've been held under thirty under forty points once this year, and they scored like thirty seven. So if the over 66 and a half, I wake doesn't have a defense right now and they're going to put up 45 on anybody and they're going to give up 40 to anybody. So I don't see why the, the over under is that low. Um, and then last I got Notre Dame UVA, uh, which I took the over at 64 and a half. Um, UVA likes to get pointsy and uh, Notre Dame as well. The only team that's kept them under 30 this year is Cincinnati, and UVA's defense is definitely not Cincinnati's defense. So um, I'm hoping for both of those games to get a little pointsy, and I think they're both going to cover.
3: Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, I don't know if, if our boy Braddy is still on mute here, if he wants to deliver us anything. Um,
1: if- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I shot up the uh, speak request when you were talking about the hats on the rack because I just think that that's the most ridiculous thing. I've seen a picture of it. It's all white hats. I don't know if they went in or what, but it's like none of it's not indicative. I just think it's the most it's the stupidest thing ever, and I wanted to laugh about it when you guys were like, "They don't
0: actually have it's not actually logoed hats. It's just pure generic white hats. like succession hats." Yeah,
1: well, yeah, it's like a it's like a it's like a ball cap, right? But it's pure white. There's no logos. It doesn't even say CFP on it. It's just stupid. It's so stupid, and I'm really mad that it. That upsets
0: me even more. Yeah,
1: I'm. I, that's yeah. I, I was so mad that I hit the. You request button. No, you guys talking about it? Like, but um, you no. Know, for 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 picks, since we're well beyond that, I don't I don't keep up with with betting lines. The only one that I know about because I'm a big LSU fan is is Arkansas by I think it's two and a half or three at LSU, and and we we might not score in that game.
3: Uh, <laughs>
2: Arkansas,
1: and I don't know why that game is so close.
3: <laughs> the Max Johnson Heisman Tour has to start somewhere, Brad.
1: Yeah. I guess you're I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, no, why not I'm the, this week? The biggest Max Johnson hater. I fire up the slander machine every single weekend. The one time against Auburn is whenever I turned it off. I even tweeted about it. I said, look, turn on you know, because he threw one good pass and said, Well maybe he can throw a pass on target. And then it was the only one he threw all game. Yeah,
3: no, he <laughs> Max Johnson is mega buns. Mega buns.
1: And i and I can't I don't understand why we didn't even give Garrett not snap against Alabama like our offense we had like what 70 something yards at some point it's like please just put this other kid in and just see what happens please
3: you're We're telling not me, you're telling me an lSU offense is not going to bench a struggling quarterback against a game against Alabama I I simply don't oh, think that that has ever happened pure, uh, in the history of college you know, football pure insanity well, uh, like our yeah, Andrew, I can't think of any other examples of anything like like that. our good friend Albert Einstein once said. The definition of
2: insanity is you just got banjoed, bitch. We'll see y'all next week, boys.